Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Do you know a student getting ready to go to college? Or are you looking at going back to school yourself? The Woodward Hines Education Foundation and the Get to College program help more Mississippians get to and through college to get certificates and degrees that lead to meaningful employment. They offer free college planning advice, including hands-on FAFSA completion assistance through in-person or virtual appointments. Visit gettocollege.org to learn more. Good morning. It's 8.30 on Wednesday, and it is January 12th. I'm Desiree Frazier, and this is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. On today's show, hospitals grapple with rising COVID-19 case counts. Then a pay raise for Mississippi teachers comes into focus, and we return to our conversation with State House Minority Leader... Democrat Robert Johnson. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. Welcome back to the party nobody wants to attend, nobody wants to be invited to, but yet here we are again. That's Dr. Luann Woodward, who's vice chancellor of the University of Mississippi Medical Center. She and her colleagues addressed the press yesterday as the Omicron variant of COVID-19 continued its surge in the state. According to Dr. Woodward, 125 people are currently hospitalized with COVID at UMMC. That's about on par with the height of the Delta spike this summer. One cause for optimism, ICU admissions are down from earlier waves of the disease but it's not all good news. One of the challenges that we have now that is a little bit different or maybe just a little bit worse, I would say, than it was previously is the staffing challenge that we have. And this is not unique to us. It's not unique to hospitals in Mississippi. It's happening all across the country um, in that we don't have enough staff to open up all the beds that we have. Earlier in this pandemic, we had... We had staff and needed resources to help open additional beds, and we did. Now we have beds but no staff. Today we are around 55, 57 beds that here on this campus we have closed because we don't have staff to staff the beds. UMMC says it currently has about 350 open nursing positions. Coming up, an update on teacher pay. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. I'm Desiree Frazier. Mississippi Senate have pushed 
has put forth a plan to raise salaries for teachers in the state at an average of $4,700 over two years. Lieutenant Governor Delbert Hoseman and Senate Education Committee Chair Dennis DeBar rolled out the proposal earlier this week. Erica Jones is president of the Mississippi Association of Educators. She speaks with MPB's Kobe Vance. We were pleased to see that the Senate had taken early action on the plan. Uh, We have had an opportunity to review it, and we are pleased with what we see so far. Our only concerns is that it does not include all educators, including our custodians, our cafeteria workers, as well as our assistant teachers. We do understand that the plan has revisions that probably would be made. And so we are really just looking to see what that looks like as it moves through this legislative session. As part of this plan with this, from the Senate, there is a teacher pay raise that averages out to around $4,700 over two years. But that still wouldn't get teachers up to the regional average of $55,000. We actually feel that it's going to be a step in the right direction. We do understand that our neighboring states have already had pay increases uh, given, and we do understand that they are currently making pay increases. At this point, our educators really need the support, and we are just uh, thankful that the lieutenant governor, as well as the chairman of the Senate Education Committee, Senator DeBar, has made steps to introduce this legislation. It has been something that MAE has been fighting for for a while, and to see it so early on in this session, we are pleased with it. There's also going to be teacher pay raises for the, in the schedule, 5, 10, 15, 20, and 25 years, um, depending on how many degrees somebody's earned. What are your thoughts on that? Do you think that's going to help attract teachers or retain those that are already in the field here in Mississippi? It is my hope that it will attract and retain quality educators here in the state. What we are seeing differently here is that the proposed salary change includes teachers with zero to three years of experience. That was something that that was not included in the previous salary schedule. So it is our hopes that this is going to be a step in the right direction and that we can retain those educators in our classrooms. Now, this bill comes from the uh, Senate Education Committee, but do you think there's any other opportunities to address teacher pay in other committees, um, in other aspects, possibly uh, retirement plans or Uh, insurance? I do. One concern that we have is that rising insurance premiums might affect this teacher pay proposal. It is our hopes that we will also have an encouraging bill possibly coming through the legislature that will embed some of these changes and that the salary increase will be favorable for the educators in the state. How do you think this pay raise could affect insurance? Well, one thing that we'll notice in past years that many times when our educators receive a pay raise, there's also a rise in the insurance premium. We hope that is not the case this time around. It would be something we certainly would like to follow and track because our educators are already having to deal with inflation. So we also hope that they're not having to deal with the rise in insurance premiums as well. What do you think the state needs to recruit new teachers or to retain the ones that are currently in their positions? 
our state needs to increase the teacher salary. I am so thankful that they are taking a look at this current salary schedule because it was not only that the salaries needed to increase, but the schedule just didn't make it comparable to other states in our surrounding areas. In order to attract and retain quality educators here in the state, our educators need to feel valued. That's something that's been missing for the past couple of years. Um, there's been several promises of a beneficial and an essential pay raise that has not come through from our legislature. So we're hoping that it's different this time around. Our educators have worked really hard over the past 20 or so months throughout the pandemic. They have had to wear many different hats and a teacher pay raise at this point would be very, very helpful to our educators who are out in the field. Do you see any opposition for this bill uh, in the future? The opposition that might come up might be the funding element of it. That is something that we are hopeful that the budget committee and those at the state capitol will be able to work through. Is there anything else we haven't touched on that you'd like to share with Mississippians about the importance of a teacher pay raise or how it could affect teachers across the state? Each year, we lose quality educators to our surrounding states. A significant teacher pay raise is needed at this time. We must act now in order not to continue to lose our educators to surrounding states. And looking in the coming years, do you think this is something that the legislature is going to have to continue to address uh, as we go forward? The legislator will continue to need to address this as we move forward because each year that Mississippi does a teacher pay raise, surrounding states often do one as well. And with the salaries where they are in Mississippi, we're going to have to look at this year after year. I'm thankful that the chairman as well as the lieutenant governor has taken the initial steps to get this accomplished. Erica Jones is president of the Mississippi Association of Educators. Erica, thank you for talking with us today. Thank you for your time. The House Appropriations Committee has a plan that raises starting pay by $6,000 for teachers, but it doesn't allow for step increases until the fourth year. Coming up, after a Southern Remedy Health Minute, we return to our conversation with State House Minority Leader Robert Johnson. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. This podcast is a local production of Mississippi Public Broadcasting and depends on the support of listeners like you. If you can, please donate today at mpbonline.org. And thanks. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. I'm Desiree Frazier. On yesterday's show, we heard from State House Minority Leader Robert Johnson. Johnson, who's a Democrat, says rhetoric from legislators about the teaching of so-called critical race theory in public schools serves only to distract from larger issues facing the state. This whole idea that we got something we need to stop, i tell you what, why don't you just stop being racist and then we won't have to worry about teaching critical racism or anybody, the history of it. Why don't you just stop doing it and we won't have that problem. Today, we welcome back Representative Johnson for a broader conversation on race, wealth, and progress in Mississippi. Here's MPB's Michael Guidry. I want to rewind a little bit back to the summer of 2020. And I know for a long time, you had been an outspoken critic of the 1894 Mississippi flag. 
yeah. that that contained the the Confederate battle emblem. And we we saw following the death of George Floyd, the the upspring in protest, a change. That was a watershed moment for the state to finally retire that emblem and and come up with something new. But within a year, this rhetoric being brought up by the same people that led. You know, the leadership. I mean, I know, like I said, that you have you and other members have been outspoken. But the fact that the Republican leadership that took up that, that joined with you, take up the cause to, to, to get rid of this flag. When you see them now speaking out like they are um, and, and using the critical race theory rhetoric, does it make you question their motives for why they changed the flag? Uh, well, no, I, I mean, my, my, I've always been sort of pragmatic about the idea anyway. The one person that, I mean, long before the flag, George Floyd, Philip Gunn, four or five years before that, said the flag needs to go. Just just because it made sense and he understood it was a point of division. It was at least with all the other things we had to deal with, let's get rid of it. And he literally took a lot of heat for that. So, no, I don't, I, that that is that is a fact. He was the one, one the only state leader uh, that was uh, Thad Cochran and, and uh I think Trent Lott or whoever was the U.S. senators then, they all stood up and said it needs to go. But in terms of the people actually here in the state, he was the one person that did that. And so everybody talks about it was a watershed moment. It wasn't a watershed moment, literally. And I know this sounds very shallow, but nobody started talking seriously about getting rid of the flag other than Philip Gunn until the SEC started talking about the uh, Mississippi State football and Ole Miss football. Then all of a sudden, oh, everybody got religion. All of a sudden, oh, it's time to get rid of the flag. Because when you start talking about taking hundreds of millions of dollars from our two major universities and getting rid of the one activity that people uh, uh, universally just love, like church in the state of Mississippi, and that's college football, then all of a sudden everybody, you know, gets a vision, gets an understanding. And people kept coming to me, no, 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 we did it because it's time. Think about it. It's 2020. We got it. We got a flag that was used over 150 years ago in a battle to, to perpetuate slavery, and you're telling me that suddenly I should applaud you because you finally came to the conclusion that it needs to go. That's crazy. I, 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 I'm, I'm happy it's gone. I'm glad that there was pressure to, that was brought to bear to say that it needed to go. But don't tell me it's because all of a sudden we, we got everybody all of a sudden got an understanding that this is time. Well, think about what time we into a whole nother twenty years into a century, and we're still actually having a having to to wrangle and 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 it's wrenching and 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 rubbing our hands together to try to figure out how we're gonna let go of this racist symbol that we have had part of our play. I mean, I was glad it was gone and it was a moving moment, and I was glad everybody voted for it. But this idea of suddenly all of a sudden, I mean, really in twenty twenty, I'm I'm glad it happened. But it was not a virtuous moment for the majority of white Mississippians. Most of them would have still been sitting around watching it happen. So, I mean, I, I don't forget the fact that in 1992, when it, we actually put it on the ballot, that the, that the vote broke down 60-40. And that pretty much was the population breakdown in the state. So I just concluded that I guess all white folks still want to keep the Confederate battle flag because everybody black wanted it to go. So where was that 10% of the white folks who were going to be with us? didn't exist, I guess. And, uh, but they, they described it as, well, that's because the black people didn't care. They didn't come out. No, they came out. Y'all just voted to keep the flag. But the minute it became, it was, it was apparent it would become not just a, a state economic burden, 
but a national burden. Companies were talking about pulling out of the state of Mississippi. Internationally, you were probably, if you had any international economic relations, people were talking about severing those, and we continue to have that flag. And SEC football and the NCAA said, we will not have any events in the state of Mississippi, championship events, if you continue to have it. Look, that would have been that would have that would that would have slit the throat of the state economically if we hadn't done anything. So it wasn't born out of some virtuous idea that now we need to come together. That's why now you have people walking around talking about we don't need to talk about critical race theory. We don't need to talk about this issue that Mississippi has been just a a pantheon of racism uh, for the last in in recent history or, or the last four or five hundred. What however long it's existed, we don't need to talk about that and how that is perpetuated today. Same people voted for the flag. Same people said the flag needs to go. Don't want to acknowledge that the flag was just a reflection of who the state was. And this, I mean, this is kind of taking the, the, uh, an aside. And as, as someone who grew up in New Orleans or New Orleans suburbs and moved to Jackson in 2001, and I've been in the Jackson metro area since then, um, and in those 20 years, I, I look to our east and I see what Birmingham's become, and everyone sees what Atlanta's become. What is stopping Mississippi from being, or Jackson, or, or or parts of Mississippi from being like the next Georgia, or from being the next, you know, or having a metropolitan area that that that's like Birmingham. Uh, what's keeping us from doing that? What, how can we achieve that? Whatever kept Atlanta from happening is even quicker than it did. Whatever kept Birmingham from taking longer than Atlanta. It, it, I, I, and I've said this over and over. Whatever it is, it takes Mississippi like twice. It's ha- it's going to happen. I mean, uh, you know, you look downtown, the Standard Life Building, the old Energy Building, all those places, really high, expensive condos and park. They all they got waiting lists. Everybody's moving back downtown. You're like, what, for what? Because it's inevitable. That's what ha- that's what is, that has happened in every city around the country. People move out, whether it be because of racism, because they you know they have black leadership and they don't want to be. They find a way to move back and find a way to reintegrate themselves back into the city. I think it's just a matter of time. It's just slower here. And it's slower here because we, we're just more steeped in, in old, antiquated, racist ideals that take a little longer here than it takes in other places. But I don't think – I think we're closer than, than we have been. I mean, I, seven, eight years ago – I mean, look, the Jackson water problem has been a problem at least for the last – I mean, King Ditto was, was mayor and it was a problem. They knew it was a failing system, and they needed to do something about it. Have water problems then, uh, and you couldn't even have a discussion with doing anything to help the city of Jackson. We're at least having a discussion now, uh, and, and part of it is born out of the fact that it, it is almost impossible to move the state capital anywhere, than, and it doesn't make sense to do it anywhere than where it is. And so everything that happens is going to happen. Jackson is located where it is for a reason. You know, that was, the state capital was in Washington, Mississippi, which is right outside of Natchez. It's been I think one or two other places, but they settled on Jackson because this is the perfect place for it in the crossroads of two major interstate rail systems and centrally located in the state. It's going to happen. It's just that when people accept the idea that this is where it has to happen, it won't happen in Flowood. It's not going to happen in Madison. It's going to happen in Jackson. The sooner they accept that, it's gonna ha- it, it, it will happen. And then the demographics are changing in this state. Even though Republicans control the House and the Senate and all these places, it won't always be that way. We will get to a point where there will be different leadership and more integrated leadership in our in our legislature, and we will see more things happen. It just happens slower in Mississippi than anywhere else. You're from Natchez. You don't represent 
people in Jackson. But do yeah. you give any credence to the idea that if a state's capital thrives, then there are tentacles that allow the rest of the state to thrive? I say it everywhere I go. I say, where goes Jackson? Go to the state of Mississippi. People ask me, why do you spend so much time? You represent Natchez talking about Jackson. I say, if I can't make the case for Jackson, I can't make the case for Natchez. So I'm going to make the case for Jackson. I say it about HBCUs. Uh, when I try to support the three major HBCUs, I say, they say, well, you represent Alcorn. And I say, yeah, my, all my relatives, my wife, everybody went to Alcorn. I said, but I make the case for Jackson State because if you can't make the case for Jackson State, you can't make it for anybody else. You got to. This is the easiest case to make. If you make it here, you can justify it everywhere else. And so this is where it goes, Jack. This is the front door. I don't care what anybody on the coast say, says or DeSoto County. What Jackson, Mississippi is the front door of the state of Mississippi. When, they, when people look at what Mississippi is, they look at Jackson. And so if you don't do something to do, if you really want Mississippi to thrive and grow, you better start investing in your capital city. And I think it's inevitable. I think it's, I already see it happen. Slower than I'd like to see it happen, but it's going to happen. This has been Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. Stick around for a full morning of Mississippi Radio live from our studios in Jackson. At 9, it's Fix It 101. At 10, it's Everyday Tech. And at 11, don't miss Southern Remedy. And you can find past episodes of this and other Think Radio shows online at mpbonline.org. I'm Desiree Frazier. See you Monday morning, or rather, see you Thursday morning at 8.30 for the next Mississippi edition on MPB Think Radio. Have a good day.